0: Hello, my name is Charles Wright, and welcome to the Complete in Christ podcast, where we endeavor to fit the pieces of our lives together according to the Word of God. We've just kicked off this new series called Get Right Church and Let's Go Home, exploring the phenomenon where believers and non believers have become disillusioned with the church because of their inability to reconcile their notion of what the church is and should be about with their observation of an experience with a local church body. Last episode, we started talking about the three groups in a local church. In today's episode, we're going to explore these three groups more deeply and begin talking about their impact on a local church's communal life. So let's get to it. So in our last episode, we introduced the three groups that I made the assertion were in every local Christian church, the first group being the unsaved and unchurched, the second group being the unsaved and churched, and then the third group being the saved. And recall, the unsaved, unchurched, these are folks who they don't know the habits and the traditions of church. They don't know, right, uh, the kind of the church things to say, and when to stand up, when to sit down, and the call and response of church. They didn't grow up in church, or or maybe they went to church when they were very young and just didn't continue as they grew into adulthood. But for whatever reason, they now find themselves in church, uh, maybe as a result of curiosity, maybe it was an invite from a friend or a family member, or it could be that God is actually pricking their hearts and drawing them to himself. But Nonetheless, their experience, their background is not a church background. So they're not familiar kind of with, again, the the traditions and the habits of church. The second group is unsaved, but churched, meaning that they know the habits and the traditions of the church. Unlike the first group, they know biblical principles and information. They've sat through years and years of sermons, possibly, and have, have been in Sunday school and maybe even into Bible studies. However, they haven't recognized that they themselves are sinners and they haven't kind of repented and placed their faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. And recall, we talked about that for this group, this unsaved but churched group, uh, there's a dangerous pitfall that some of them can uh, find themselves falling into and, and slipping into. And that's because they know church so well because they're so familiar with the habits and the traditions and the ritual of church and the lingo of church and and all of those kinds of things, the protocols, that they may confuse knowing church with knowing Christ and may have the wrong self-assessment of, them, of themselves that they are saved. In fact, when they have not been uh, saved and redeemed by uh, the blood of Jesus Christ, because they have not acknowledged that they are a sinner. They haven't repented. They haven't gone through that recognition of the need for Christ in their life, not just kind of understanding and knowing the story of Christ, but really making that personal for themselves and realizing not just that Christ died, but why well, he died for me and I needed him to die for me because of my sin. And then, of course, there's the third group and we talked about this group as being Genuinely and truly saved by grace through their faith in Christ. And now they are being sanctified by the Holy Spirit, meaning that they are dying to their old nature and a new nature is now growing inside of them that is the result of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Remember that uh, Paul talks about in Galatians 5 the fruit of the Spirit, that As a result of God's Holy Spirit now indwelling us, there ought to be some outward evidence that uh, there's an inward change, so to speak, and it looks like love and it looks like peace and it looks like joy and gentleness and self-control and patience and all of the things that Paul lists in Galatians 5 as being evidences or fruit of the Spirit. So while all three groups can be found in any local church, right, the church that's just down the street from you, the one that's across town, the one that you grew up in, whatever your context may be, only the saved group is in the true church. Let me say that again. All three groups, the unsaved and unchurched, the unsaved and church and the saved can be found in any local church. But only the saved group, only the group that has repented of their sins and accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and have been redeemed and reconciled to God, the Father, through Jesus Christ, are actually a part of the true church. That is the universal church that we talked about a couple of episodes ago. And recall, the universal church is the church of, of which Christ is the head. Christ is the one who has founded that church. He's the one who builds that church. He is uh, the center focus of that church. And only way uh, that an individual can gain entry into the universal church, into Christ's church, is by baptism through the Holy Spirit. It's not because your family went here. It's not because you made some donations. It's not because your name is just on the roll at a local church. There is something that's happening that is facilitated only by Christ, and it's stamped by the Holy Spirit upon our lives. And remember, we said that this universal church, it spans space and time. So no geographic location can boast being the universal church, and no time in history can boast being the universal church. But the universal church is made up of believers from across the globe throughout time and history, in uh, those who have been before us, those who are living now, and those who are yet to come to faith up until the moment that Christ returns. Now, while these groups, again, have significant differences, as we've just kind of walked through as a reminder, they all do have a, a very important similarity that we need to talk about. And that is that all three of these groups are made up of sinners. They're made up of fallen, fallible sinners. They are made up of people who at their core want their will to be done uh, over and above the will of, of all others who may even be in uh, consideration. They want their own desires satisfied. They want their needs met. They want their preferences adhered to. And, and so we understand what that means. We Not only have we Dealt with people like that, but we live with people like that. We are people like that, right? So we understand very much what it means to, to really echo the words, my will be done in all matters, in every aspect. It's what I want to do, how I want to do it, when I want to do it. That is the nature of sin. And I'm sure that Uh, There may be some who are listening and and maybe even questioning, how can this be, right? Because we can kind of wrap our minds around, without too much difficulty, that those who are unsaved, whether they've been churched or unchurched, that the unsaved definitely can be described as being sinners. But we typically don't describe the saved group as being made up of sinners. But understand kind of the point that I'm making here, and I think using this analogy might be helpful to kind of clear up some of the misconceptions, misunderstandings, I think, that exist of what the church is. So let's think about the church as a hospital. And in this hospital, right, everyone is sick. The saved group is sick and the unsaved group is sick. The difference between those two is that the saved group have acknowledged their sin sickness. They've acknowledged that there's something wrong with them. They've Acknowledge that not only is there something wrong with them, but they've also acknowledged that it's going to take someone outside of them to fix their problem, that they are powerless to make themselves well again. And, and as a result, they've submitted to the treatment plan prescribed by God, facilitated by Christ, and ultimately administered by the Holy Spirit. Now, again, the saved folks are sick with sin the unsaved folks are sick with sin but the difference is is that the saved folks have acknowledged that they are sick and are now submitting themselves to God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit to make themselves well but even though that has happened even though the saved folks have acknowledged that they are sick with sin and are now on the treatment plan prescribed by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the symptoms of their sickness can still show up. And so what happens, right? I think what happens in a lot of times is that people come to church with what are really unrealistic expectations. And and these people aren't just, I'm not just talking about unsaved folks, but I'm even talking about Christians. That we even come to church with unrealistic expectations? We expect it to be a perfect place where. There should be no hint of what we all recognize as hallmarks of fallen human nature. We come to church and even though it's comprised of people, that scripture tells us that all people have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, we have an expectation that there'll be no envy, that there'll be no jealousy, that there'll be no schisms, there'll be no anger and there'll be no lust, even within this place. And this is due in fact and in part to the to the fact that we as Christians we sometimes act like we we have no issues since Jesus came into our lives. We we act like either that we have no issues or or we can't even remember what the issues were so to speak before we came to Christ. But we would do better to be honest and to be transparent and letting people know that yes, we've been forgiven by God because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Yes, We have now been declared as being righteous. It is the righteousness of Christ that now has been imparted to us. And we stand now before God in right relationship to Him, all because of Christ. But we still struggle with the sin that we've been forgiven of. But, right, the story doesn't end there. It's not just, well, we still struggle and that's just, it is what it is. But now we have the very Spirit of God at work in us who is both convicting us of that sin and also making us new, killing off that old nature. So that, as we said earlier in Galatians 5, I begin to to produce different kinds of fruit in my life. I'm not producing envy and jealousy and anger and um, lust and all of those kinds of things. But now I'm producing by the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm producing joy and peace and gentleness and love and patience and self-control, right? And, and and all of this is a byproduct of the Holy Spirit at work within my heart. Remember kind of what Paul lays out in Romans seven, that yes, there's still this struggle that's happening. There's still this war, these two natures that are at work within him. There is the law of the spirit. There's the law of the flesh and, and they are tugging back and forth, so to speak, not because the law of the Spirit is not powerful, but it's because I have now the Holy Spirit, but I am still in this flesh, within these members, within these desires that are a part of this fallenness that we were born into. And as such, the same sinful desires that are found outside of the church can also be found inside of the church. Not because the church is somehow corrupt or, or the gospel is ineffective to bring about change, but it's just because of what we talked about. The church is made up of sick people, and some of those people don't know just how sick they are. And then other people in that group know that they're sick and are trying to follow the, the, the treatment plan that has been prescribed, again— by God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son. So where does that leave us, right? It leaves us now with a mix of population within a local church that has a profound impact on the communal life of the church. These sinful desires, they they can span a huge spectrum from anger to lying to theft to sexual abuse and perversion. And, And remember, that within the three groups, within that church, only one group truly has the Holy Spirit working against the de- these desires that are in everyone's hearts to, to bring about different outcomes. And I keep going back to that, and I really can't stress that enough because, again, the church is made up of of sick people, of people who are all sick with sin, but not everyone is being treated by the doctor. And even in that group that is being treated by the doctor, even within the saved group, not everyone in there is necessarily following the doctor's instructions or is as far along the treatment plan as some others from a maturity standpoint. Things like Bible study and prayer and fellowship with other believers, all of these things that facilitate the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, not everybody is following to the letter, to the T, to the fullness of it. And as such, you're getting different results of this new nature being born and being manifest within the lives of the believers, within the lives of those who are saved. So hopefully, when we kind of think about it at that level and kind of go a little bit deeper into these three groups, we can see how in this kind of an environment, a given individual can experience hurt uh, or even can hurt others even if they are dealing with or they themselves are in the saved group within a local church. And I know that this may seem a bit discouraging, the idea that sin can still impact people within a local church. But my intent is not to necessarily discourage or encourage, but it really is to paint a realistic, accurate picture of the forces that are at work within a local church that contribute to the experiences that we all have within a local church body, and to then be able to draw a very clear distinction between what the world thinks it means to be saved or born again or to be a Christian and what it actually means biblically. Repenting of your sins, turning to Christ's sacrifice on the cross provides forgiveness. It provides reconciliation with God. It puts us in right relationship with God, and it frees us from the control of sin, but not necessarily from the influence of sin. And this is a battle that is fought out daily. Christ himself said that we had to daily take up our cross and follow him, which means that if we don't on a day pick, take up our cross and follow him, then we won't look like him on that day. And so this is something that we can't lean on yesterday and we can't get too focused on tomorrow. We have to be in the moment fighting the battle by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we put to death the old desires that ruled our hearts and replace them with the new desires that are born out of God's spirited work in us, There should be a difference in how we show up. Yes, the intent, the the ultimate intent, is that we would deal with each other according to the fruit of the Spirit. That we wouldn't have encounters where our sin is impacting other people. But that we would have encounters where folks are being blessed by the fruit of the Spirit being produced in our lives. But we know sanctification is a gradual process that won't be complete until Christ returns. And so us being declared righteous, us being justified, us being covered by the blood of Jesus, us being in right relationship with God, it does not mean that we won't mess up. It does not mean that we've got it all together. It just means that we recognize that we're sick. We know that we need help from a specialist and we need to be on a treatment plan in order for us to get better. But what it should mean is that when our old natures do bubble up and they hurt others and they impact others, then we should be quick to seek forgiveness. We should be quick to want to restore and to reconcile. We should be quick to admit the wrong that we've done and to move towards healing the hurt that we have caused. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Complete in Christ podcast. If you have any questions regarding this episode or series, you can send them to questions at complete in podcast.org. Please include your name, where you're from and the specific episode you're referencing. Also, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It gives us feedback that helps us to keep improving and provide some insight for those who may be listening for the very first time. Again, my name is Charles Wright. And until next time, be blessed.